everyone welcome to antibodies today we are here in the 15th body sode and it's the first time we have a guest with us dr yi ru yu and also joining me today is my co-host uh eugenio hey guys hello and right before we start dr yu yi ru yu is in the is a postdoctoral researcher at Dr. Pingchi Ho's lab that is at the Department of Oncology in University of Lausanne. Uh, Dr. Yu, thanks for joining us. You are our first guest. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Pleasure is ours. It's uh, you, you have great work and I can't be, uh, wait to discuss about it. The article we are going to discuss today is titled Disturbed Mitochondrial Dynamics in CD8 Positive Tills or tumor infiltrating lymphocytes reinforce T cell exhaustion and the first author is uh, Dr. Iru Yu right with us and the corresponding author is Dr. Ping Chi Ho. This paper has a lot of cool things that could guide what future cancer therapy could look like and just because there is so much cool in this paper it is also complicated. <laughs> so because of that, we are going to discuss some basic terminology that everybody should be clear about before we actually start going into the results and the premise of the paper. All right, Eugenio, I'll let you do the terminology part. Sure. The first thing we're gonna discuss and we need to discuss about epigenetics. And if you never have heard this word, epigenetics is a recent field of study that actually it studies how does gene is how does gene expression is regulated uh, and particularly epigenetics uh, focuses on different marks within the dna or in the histones that may shape the expression whether it will turn on or turn off the uh, expression of genes and as we're gonna see uh, during uh, this paper we know that uh, tumor microenvironment reshapes the epigenetics not only on cancer cells but only on T cells that will, will lead to the opening of chromatin and the expression of different genes. And it's also because of the structure of the DNA because you can say that it's heterochromatin or euchromatin. Yeah, because it's more loose or compact. Yeah, so it's also, yeah, it's open. If it's loose, so maybe the trigger factor can easily bind to the target site. Yeah. So, and, the, and the, actually, to be more specific, I think the different kind of modification on the histone is also important because there are different, there are methylation, acetylation, and on different uh, histone, uh, histidine, actually it has different function. So it's quite complicated. Yeah. Right. There are also different kinds of histones and they act differently. So that's, yeah. Anyway. So the next point that we need to discuss is the mitochondrial metabolism. And uh, as we all know, mitochondrial is an organelle that uh, help us for generating ATP. And uh, for this, uh, the, the mitochondrial membrane potential and polarity are actually essential for uh, generating functionality but uh, and here's there's a point that uh, during stress of where if the mitochondria is actually not working you will generate uh, rust 
in particular in the mitochondria, which is an indicator of stress. And if uh, a mitochondria is stressed or, or, or a cell is under stress, the mitochondria needs, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Dr. G, but when the mitochondria needs to uh, fusionate for, uh, uh, for a correct function, right? You mean fuse? Yes. Uh, I think uh, you are talking about the mitochondria dynamic, dynamic right? Because there are two, two different types of mitochondria, phase type or the fusion type. Yeah, so, so actually, if we go back to the mitochondria activity, I think people always know that the electron transport chain, right? So it's really important for the uh, production of ATP, right? And uh, because of this ETC, so they will con uh, constitutively pump out the, the proton into the intermembrane space. Then this will uh, create the proton gradient and it's also called the uh, uh, mitochondrial polarity, right? So, so when this gradient is established, so when this proton just uh, goes through the ATP synthesis and, then, and uh, back to the matrix, then you will generate ATP. So why uh, mitochondrial membrane potential is po important? Yeah, so because they can generate ATP. So yeah, so if the if they can maintain the mitochondrial potential, so we will say that maybe this mitochondrial is dysfunction. Okay, dysfunctional. Yeah. So the potential is literally the diff the charge electrostatic difference between the charges inside the matrix and in the intermembrane space. That's the potential. Yeah. yeah. All right. And yes. Uh, According also uh, how to fudge, uh, well, it's during as a terminology, it's a, a process that is known for uh, recycling organelles. So we can uh, autophagy a different type of organelles, and the process of uh, recycling uh, mitochondria is called mitophagy, right? Right. And yes, it, sometimes this process happens when the cell is starving, right? So they have to generate more resources, and mitophagy is the process of. Uh, recycling uh, a mitochondria. Mm -hmm. So we will say that the mitophagy is a selective mm. autophagy. Yeah. And so the next point we need to recall is two more microenvironments. And I think this is one of the most interesting points because of, we're, we're going to talk about a, li a lot of two more microenvironments. And we know that uh, within the two more microenvironments, there's a um, Hemonosuppression state, uh, whether it could be by cytokines or, uh, or, or uh, growth factors, or even uh, the recruitment of immune cells that will suppress the uh, TDA activation, such as, I don't know, maybe T-Rex or myeloid derived suppressor cells, which will um, promote a immunosuppressed environment for the tumor growth. Right. And within this uh, tumor microenvironment, we know that there's an altered metabolite ability, and this is because of you know the lack of, uh, of uh, resources, also because we have a lot of uh, hypoxic conditions, and this might reshape the, the the immune metabolism during uh, within the tumor microenvironment, right? Right. Yeah, because of the competition between the cancer cell and immune cells. Yeah. Just from a simplistic point of view, I know cancer cells depend on high glucose uh, intake, but effector immune cells 
that are short-lived but they they can work function very well they also depend on uh, glycolytic bursts so that is a competition between those cells yeah so they compete for the oxygen compete for the the glucose and also some amino acid yeah yeah and finally we're going to talk about uh, something really interesting which is um, t-cell exhaustion that uh, t-cell exhaustion is a state where uh, the t-cell cannot respond or t cannot go to an effector phase even if he's uh, if the t-cell is receiving an activation signal right and um, mm -hmm. Most of these exhausted uh, T cells express the uh, inhibitory checkpoints such as PD1 or TIM3, which are indicators of T cell exhaustions. And these T cells, particularly, have a reduced proliferation capacity and, as I mentioned before, a reduced cytokine secretion. And in case of a tumor, we have a lot of exhausted T cells that will not uh, proliferate or attack the, the tumor, right? And it depends on the 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 expression level or the the inhibitory checkpoint. So we can also maybe um, categorize these exotic T cells into maybe partial exotic T cells or terminally exotic T cells. And uh, it's for the terminal exotic T cell is it's they are also uh, ICB non-responsive. Yeah. So compared to partial one. Yeah, so it's also very important for that because that's why we have to think a way to rejuvenate terminal exotic T cells. Yeah. Just to clarify, ICB stands for immune checkpoint blockade. Blockade, yes. Cool thing here is that these inhibitor checkpoints, PD1, TIM3, these are also upregulated after activation just on every T cell, but then when they become too much, that's when the T cell becomes exhausted. So I see it the way that if there is too much of an antigen and there is constant and chronic stimulation, the T cells feel like maybe they should not respond to it. Maybe this is a host's protein. Could be. I I, I see it as a uh, as a regulator of autoimmunity. You are right. Yeah. So maybe they just want to keep this antigen in check, mm -hmm. but but just avoid some immunopathology. Right. Yeah. So you are right. Okay. Thanks a lot, Eugenio and Dr. Yu. That was good uh, discussion on terminology. So let's finally start about discussing the paper. So especially because T-cell exhaustion is going to be a central theme in this paper. Good thing we had a we had we got went through it. So let's see. During chronic antigen exposure, T-cells become exhausted and they possess these reduced effector functions. That's what we call the T-exhausted phenotype. So far, there are two types of exhausted T-cells documented. First one is the terminally exhausted T-cells and the progenitor exhausted T-cells. The former, they are resistant to checkpoint blockade therapy, while the latter have stem-like properties. They ex express high amounts of TCF1, TCF1 is a, a stem cell transcription factor, and the latter do respond to checkpoint blockade, while the terminally exhausted ones do not. And these two types of exhausted TILs, I'll just call tumor infiltrating lymphocytes as TILs. TILs have distinct epigenetic profiles, which may explain the differences in their responses to checkpoint blockade. So that is going to be one of the different, one of the themes as well in the paper that we know that there are certain exhausted T cells that do respond and there are terminally exhausted T cells that do not respond. 
Then the tumor microenvironment also poses a lot of challenges for the tills. Tills have to adapt to the changing metabolite availability. They do that by upregulating mitochondrial biogenesis for efficient utilization of energy. And this is the part where I think when you have low glucose, you would like each each molecule of the glucose to give you the maximum energy. So increasing your mitochondrial numbers can be useful for the cells. Am I thinking in the right direction? Uh, I think great. Uh, a, a paper published before, mm -hmm. they just focus on the PGC1 alpha, which is important for the mitochondrial biogenesis. Mm -hmm. They found that when they overexpress PGC1 alpha, yes, they can improve the anti-tumor immunity. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mitochondrial metabolism is important for the generation of memory T cells and decreased mitochondrial biogenesis and robust production of mitochondrial ROS, they attenuate T-cell function. In chronic viral infections and tumors, that's what we know from previous publications, TILs also may have to readjust their metabolism with the changing tumor microenvironment, and therefore mitochondrial function is very important for their fitness. So with all that considered, the primary question the authors are interested in answering is if there is a link between T-cell exhaustion and mitochondrial function. And I'll be honest, I was very surprised that we don't know already about this because I thought this seems like an obvious link, but I'm really glad you guys took this question. Yeah, so I think the hypothesis, the basic hypothesis is really simple, right? So so we just wondering, we are just wondering whether uh, when these T-cells migrate into the tumor microenvironment, when they fail to deal with this metabolic stress, then will become exalt T-cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just like this. Yeah. All right, with that, are we good to dive into the results of the studies? Sure. So the first question is, uh, do TILs adjust their mitochondrial function into the tumor microenvironment? And for this, uh, the authors use uh, a melanoma and graphite model and look at the mitochondrial mass using a staining that is called mitotracker green. And also they're using a, a mitotracker deep red, which uh, somehow is an ind indicator of membrane membrane potential. So with this uh, staining, we have two parameters, the, the mass of the mitochondria and the membrane potential, okay? And in CD8, and they found, the authors found that in CD8 T cells, uh, compared to activated T cells in the drink, draining lymph nodes, they have, uh, well, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. So where they were comparing the, uh, these two parameters in the tumor microenvironment or they comparing the draining lymph nodes or in this plant. So, so they see that they found out that the, uh, the MDR, the, the mitotracker deep red to, uh, to, which is the memory potential to the mitotracker green, which is the mitochondrial mass radio was, uh, actually, um, reduced in the tumor microenvironment, right? The TOs. Yeah. So we have, uh, if I'm, I'm correct, we have uh, more mitochondrial, but they have less uh, memory potential, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The key parameter that they're using is the MDR to MG ratio, the membrane potential per unit mitochondrial mass. 
So that so it's already normalized for how much mass you have. And these this MDR to MG ratio, I'm going to say that once again because this is the constantly described throughout the paper. The MDR to MG ratio will be used as a quality control measure for mitochondria. And they found that right TILS had lower MDR to MG ratio. So could we say that these mitochondria ha- are dysfunctional in the tills? Yeah, okay. that's a hint. Yes. So yeah, we already ha- know that these tills have worse or dysfunctional mitochondria compared to CD8 positive T cells in a distant site where the tumor is not there. Yes, exactly. And also the authors corroborate that by looking at the structure of the mitochondria. So they found out that they have lower cristae number they also have less mitochondrial dna and you know other part parameters such as crystal volume or christian length was also reduced only on the mitochondria from uh, cd8 within the tumor microbiome mm-hmm. so so with this uh, the with the first figure the authors conclude that cd8 t cells accumulate this uh, accumulate dysfunctional mitochondria in the tumor microbiome right So the second question seems to be are there are similar defects observed in antigen specific tails so right now we're just looking at all the tails in the tumor microenvironment but is this thing antigen specific the so the authors found two distinct populations in the tails one had normal mitochondrial structure while the other subset had dysfunctional structure which i am denoting as low mdr to mg ratio so the latter the ones with the dysfunctional structure they yeah, they did have low ratios and which depicts dysfunctional mitochondria to see if the mdr to mg low cells are also antigen specific the authors used a tumor model that expressed ovalbumin and they transferred ot1 t cells ot1 t cells are cd8 positive t cells that have a tcr specific for ovalbumin the authors see that there is a higher proportion of mdr to mg low tills compared to splenic cd8 positive t cells in the ot1 fraction and these mdr to mg low tills also had higher ros production that could mean these mitochondria were depolarized and dysfunctional while we are here can uh, dr you can you tell us how do the mitochondria decide they want to make ros what triggers them actually uh, in the normal condition the mitochondria will generate some rows and uh, in some repo rows the certain amount of the rows is also important for the t cell mm-hmm. activation but here we are talking about the dysfunctional mitochondria so in this kind of dysfun- dysfunctional mitochondria they will just uh, generate a lot of rows because of the leakage of the etc or because the the conflict of the energy source Yeah so so based on this uh based on if if the cells start to accumulate this function mitochondria so is they will have this high chance to generate okay. rows and then this rows will further uh cause the DNA damage or trigger downstream signaling pathway okay yeah next normally this normally dysfunctional mitochondria are removed by mitophagy so what's happening in these cells why are they accumulating these weird dysfunctional mitochondria the next question the authors hypothesized that there could be a defect in mitophagy in these tumor specific uh, antigen specific tills 
Again, the authors used a OT1 reporter mouse train that expresses a visual indicator of mitophagy. I'm not going to go into detail about the visual indicator just for sake of sanity of everybody listening. <laughs> There's a lot of molecules. The authors, uh, so the experiment was repeated with the reporter OT1 cells and they found that antigen specific tills did have lower mitophagy and they also used an autophagy reporter system and found that autophagy was also reduced in tills. Hmm. Next, the authors wanted to see if the defected mitophagy is the cause of accumulation of depolarized mitochondria. So what they did is they generated a Parkin 2 conditional knockout. Parkin 2 is a protein that controls mitophagy. So they are conditionally knocking out Parkin 2 in T cells specific to GP33. Now this is a different peptide here, not ovalbumin, and they also are using T cells that are specific to GP33, right? So Parkin2 control might, uh, wait, hold on. The T cells that lack uh, Parkin2, they should not be able to clear damaged or dysfunctional mitochondria. And yes, the authors did find that the Parkin2 conditional knockout tills also acquired depolarization much faster than wild type tills. So what I get from this experiment is that these exhausted T cells which had the low MGR to MD ratio, they were looking similar to the Parkin2 knockout tills, right? With lower mitophagy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, so Dr. Dew, um, sorry, uh, before we go, I, so I got a question. What drives the Parkin2 expression on a cell? So it's uh, always expressing that cell. And if you could ex overexpress this Parkin2 uh, on a T cell, Will they become like I don't know, like the like you know, like hyperactivated? So in order to answer this question, we have to know uh, what's the underlying mechanism that uh, parking. Uh, what is the parking mediated by tough machinery? So actually, parking. I think uh, it's well known in the neuroscience, right? Because Parkinson disease. Yeah. Yeah, this gene is yeah known for that. Yeah, so parking actually is a ubiquitin E three ligase. So, so when over is that, is that uh, uh, maybe you, you will cause some uh, ubiquitination in the cells. Yeah, but actually the regulation is that there's another pattern called pig one. So in a normal condition, the pig one will degrade, but when the mitochondria accumulate damage, so pig, pig one will be stable on the outer membrane of the mitochondria. So this protein will recoup parking to the out to the mitochondria. And parking will start to do the uh, ubiquitinization for the protein on the out outer membrane. So, and this ubiquitinated protein will be recognized by the autophagosome. Then this mitochondria will undergo mitophagy machinery. So, if you just overspread parking, maybe it won't trigger the mitophagy event because you have to have the damage in the mitochondria, and the pink ones need to be stabilized oh. first. Right, so it's okay. hard to say. But it's absolutely required for right, mitophagy, definitely. So if you remove this, yes. then there is no mitophagy yes. happening. Ooh. So, so summarize this yeah. figure, tills have defective mitophagy, which may result in the accumulation of dysfunctional mitochondria. The next question is, okay, so we have these uh, T cells that have like uh, uh, 
a depolarized mitochondria or a growing mitochondria, but what are the functional consequences of, of depolarized mitochondria in the tumor microenvironment? So for these, uh, uh, as we know that there is evidence that mitochondrial abnormalities lead to impaired effector function in T cells, the authors wanted to see if these MDR-MG low gills had any functions and abnormalities. So they found out that these cells particularly express higher PD-1 and lower TBET compared to the uh, MDR-MG high TILs. Uh, and this, also these cells express less interferon gamma and TNF-alpha, which it, in for uh, first sight, we would say that these T cells are actually not uh, responding well. So, uh, or maybe could be exhausted, mm -hmm. right? Um, then uh, the another way to test that the the outdoors, uh, if if we give uh, signaling such as IL two and IL fifteen, which are cytokines, are uh, inducers of proliferation and uh, activation of these T cells, when they uh, add these cytokines to whether the MDR MG high or MDR MG low. The MDR, MGL low exposed to these cytokines uh, are not uh, expressing as much as TNF alpha and interferon gamma as as well as the MDR, MGA high, right? Mm -hmm. So they are actually not responding well to these cytokines. And also they were looking at the also expressed uh, lower levels of TCF1 compared to the MDR, MGA high TILs, which uh, um, there's a lot of reports that TCF is also a, a, a gene that gives stemness to a CDAT cell. So, you know, there are a lot of indications here that um, there's something wrong with these T cells. So the next question is, okay, all of this is within the tumor microenvironment, but what happens if we take these cells to another inflammatory conditions if they are still maintaining their uh, their, their exhausted phenotype. So for this, uh, I have to say Dr. Jiru, I found really interesting this uh, experiment. So what they did was the authors transferred OT1 splenocytes with MDR, MG high or low cells into naive C67 BL6 mice. Then these mice were infected with Listeria monocytogenesis expressing OVA peptide. So all the T cells will uh, uh, be activated by the peptide OVA here. So we have the, the, the peptide here that could induce the activation of these T cells. So this is a really good model here since functional OT1 cells should be able to expand when they encounter OVA expressing uh, uh, Listeria, right? So they found out that the progeny MDR, MG low T cells underwent less expansion and they produced lower amount of interferon gamma and higher pd one T cells. So it also seemed that the exhaustion phenotype is permanent as even the progeny express the same markers as the parent cells. This is such a sophisticated experiment. And also you take out, you take out these stills that are MGR, MD low and they don't work as well in clearing Listeria monocytogenes despite having the right TCR to clear them. And the fact that their progeny also did not do that, that means this is imprinted. They are permanently incapable of clearing infection or if they're not clearing infection, probably also not doing anything to the tumors as well. Yes, there's another feature for the terminally exalt T cells because they are also, because like 
the AP epigenetic regulation will lock this kind of a exact T cell in a permanent state. Yeah, even though you just uh, put them into the non-tumor microenvironment, they still cannot respond to the, the, the antigen. Or as you can see in previous figures, we the terminal exact T cell cannot also uh, cannot uh, respond to the IL-15 treatment. Yeah, so there's also the hint for the, maybe there's some epigenetic reprogramming. So if, if I was a tumor, I would say this is a very good strategy, right? That I am putting the immune cells around me in a permanently locked position so that even if they get out of here, they're irreversibly inactivated. If I was a tumor, I would be very proud of myself if I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, how how can can we summarize this figure? Yeah, the, to summarize this, the MDR-MG low TILs may represent the terminally exhausted TILs that are permanent dysfunctional state. Okay, so that brings us to the next question. If if these MDR-MG low TILs are not functioning as well as the MDR-MG high TILs, and the just what we're talking about, the epigenetics, are there clear epigenetic differences between MDR-MG high and the MDR-MG low TILs. Without going into too much detail, we saw that there was increased accessibility seen with memory-related and stem cell-related transcription factors uh, in the MDR-MG high TILs. On the other hand, the MDR-MG low TILs had more accessibility to HIF-1-alpha, which may suggest that these TILs are with depolarized mitochondria may be under hypoxic stress because HIF-1-alpha stands for hypoxia-inducing factor. It's activated under hypoxia and it tries to provide flexibility to the cell to survive in hypoxia, but it's I don't think it's a very good marker for the cells when it comes to doing their job. So overall, we see that these MDR-MG uh, low TILs had an epigenetic landscape that is associated with terminal exhaustion. And we are coming to that part where I don't want to spoil it, but we are seeing these two unique populations that are both, that they both have dysfunctional mitochondria, but they have two different degrees. In the next figure, uh, the, the main question was, is the ability to recognize the antigen affecting mitochondrial depolarization? And for this, uh, the authors, uh, they found that uh, TILs possess more depolarized mitochondria as the tumor progresses. So we, we see over time that in a bigger tumor, you will have more uh, depolarized mitochondria, which somehow uh, gives, gives us a hint that it might be because of maybe the antigens or the tumor antigens. So they, next, they wanted to know if the ability to recognize tumor antigens contributes to mitochondrial depolarization. So the authors actually perform a really cool experiment here. So they transferred two different tumors in the opposite sides of the mice. So it's the same animal, but in uh, one side you have tumor bearing ova, peptide, and in the other side of the animal you have uh, tumor bearing GP33, which is uh, another uh, Mm -hmm. antigen, right? So we have uh, the same animal with two different the same tumors with one tumor expressing OVA and the other tumor expressing GP33. Then they transfer OT1, which OT1 recognize OVA, and P14 T cells, which recognize GP33. 
Um, in the GP territory expressing tumors, they saw more P4, P14 cells with mitochondrial defects. And in the OVA expressing tumor, they saw more OT1 uh, T cells with mitochondrial defects. So this hints, uh, this is really interesting result because this hints towards a mechanism where TCR stimulations lead to mitochondrial dysfunction. So it's not the tumor microenvironment, but it has to be the recognition of the antigen by the T cells to activate this program of mitochondrial dysfunction. So in another set of experiments, which I really found fascinating uh, this one, so they use now uh, uh, T cells that are called OT3 T cells that express a TCR against OBA, but with a lower affinity compared to OT1 T cells. So they're comparing now the TCR affinity to one same antigen. So OT1 and OT3 cells can be used to see if antigen TCR affinity has any role to play in the mitochondrial depolarization phenotype. And uh, indeed, they found that OT1 T cells are accumulated more depolarized mitochondrial than OT3 cells. And therefore, the antigenic affinity does matter. So having less affinity will not uh, depolarize mitochondria as much as OT1 T cells in the tumor microenvironment. So here uh, they look for uh, since high affinity TCR interactions also result in higher PD-1 expression. So the next question for the author was if PD-1 signaling could be resulting in mitochondrial depolarization. So the authors generated PD-1 knockout OT1 cells and transferred them to OVA tumor bearing mice and to no one's surprise, there were fewer teals with damaged mitochondria when PD-1 was knocked yeah. out, right? Yeah. yeah, so basically in this part, we just want to know that whether TCR signaling play a role in this, this depolarized mitochondrial phenotype. And uh, it's a pity to find that uh, it seems that our best, best soldier will get exhausted easily compared to because you can see that OT3 and OT1 uh, experiment. Yeah, so if you can recognize the, the antigen may be stronger, then you will get exhausted easily compared to the lower affinity. Yeah, so actually it's a pity. Yeah, I, I want to point out, is this is this a recurring theme in our immune system that when it comes to self-reactivity, we don't want things that are too reactive. We do want things that are medium, mediocrely reactive. But when it comes to recognizing foreign particles, even there, I feel like our immune system selects for cells that are not too reactive. So it's it may not be a reaction like in the thymus, but after they are in the periphery, they are getting selected in this way that if they're too reactive, they do get turned down very easily. Yeah. And then we actually, we also checked the, because this, we used the uh, transgenic TCR model, right? Mouse model to do that. Actually, we, we also analyzed the human tumor samples and to do the TCR repertoire. So we also found that the low population showed higher colonality. So actually it's similar to the, the mouse, the finding in the mouse model. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Yu. So to summarize this figure, uh, both TCR affinity and PD-1 signals drive the accumulation of the polarized mitochondria. So we got we got a very good link between. It's almost it's uh, we're almost there because T cell exhaustion is linked with these two yeah. uh, these two parameters: affi TCR affinity, TCR 
uh, interaction and PD1 signals, and now we are linking them directly with depolarized mitochondria. But I also want to mention one thing mm-hmm. because Peter already know that the TCR signaling will uh, block autophagy. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they will they will block the autophagosome formation. So that's why we start from the mitophagy in the early maybe in the figure two. But we just want to know whether TCR really play a role in this one because we know that TCR will affect mitophagy or will affect the the auto, autophagy through the mTOR signaling. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's known. So we just try to link everything together. Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. Cool. So next we are coming to the uh, the question about hypoxia. We just saw that the MDR MG low tails had more accessibility to HIV one alpha, which brings us to the question: What is the role of hypoxia in the formation of these MDR MG low tails? The authors hypothesized that the tumor microenvironment hypoxia and TCR stimulus. They all may be inducing these dysfunctional phenotype in the CD8 positive tails, possibly synergistically, all working together to be- make a bigger effect. For To figure this out, they used T cells from the mitophagy reporter m- mice. These are mice that have a reporter system that okay, reports mitophagy. They did an in vitro culture and found that TCR stimulus and hypoxia, but not tumor conditioned medium, was sufficient to reduce mitophagy in T uh, cells in vitro. Ooh, so it's not just the tumor. So, tumor conditioned medium is a surrogate for tumor microenvironment here. And they're showing mm-hmm. that it's not just tumor conditioned medium, not even a requirement, just a lot of hypoxia and TCR stimulus is enough to reduce mitophagy. And this brings me to the, just what Dr. Yu was saying that we already know that TCR stimulus reduces mitophagy. Yeah. And adding tumor conditioned media did increase the percentage of MDR to MG low T cells over time, but yeah, it was not absolutely required. It did help, but not a requirement. The authors wanted to see if the MDR-MG low T cells, which they just generated in medium, in vitro, using the hypoxia and a lot of TCR stimulus, would behave like the exhausted tills. So they transferred these in vitro cultured OT1 T cells into naive mice and they did the same experiment with a challenge with Listeria monocytogenes that expresses OVA. These in vitro generated MDR MG low T cells had reduced proliferation capacity, cytokine production, and they also had increases in PD1 and LAG3. LAG3 is another immune checkpoint. These in vitro culture T cells were closely mimicking the exhausted tails. Now, I'm, I'm just surprised that it was that easy. It, Hey, you just tried. No, you know, you know, when we saw this result, we were quite excited because uh, we only culture these T cells uh, in vitro for 30 hours, mm-hmm. only for 30 hours under this condition. Then we can artificially generate exact T cells. Oh man, seriously, this is extremely so, useful. <laughs> <laughs> useful for what? <laughs> I, I would, I would get it that. T-cells don't have to stay in the tumor microenvironment for days to get exhausted. They, in, within, if you found <laughs> it in 30 hours, that's a very low amount of time considering that yeah, because people with cancers live for years. 
<laughs> yeah, because you 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 can imagine that because we always said that they have to exposure to the crown antigen, right? So so but in this case, we only put the T cell signaling for thirty hours. Yeah. Then so it also give a, us a hint that maybe mitochondria will be the key.、Mm-hmm. It's not because of the T cell. Yeah. I had one one question because I on my bachelor's thesis I work with hypoxia. They were not really good results as yours, but but I was wondering if if you have like a HIF knockout T cell, they will not never become exhausted. No, no. no? I, I think it's not a big point because、uh, the hypoxia is a a trigger because under hypoxic condition. Cells cannot engage oxfos, right? They cannot engage the the mitochondrial activity. So actually, the HIF1 alpha will trigger that to use a a glycolysis, right? But in the tumor microenvironment, the glucose will be deprived,、oh. right? So they cannot get enough glucose from the environment or from the tumor condition medium. So they cannot get enough、uh, glucose. So actually, this create a conflict. Of the energy source, so they don't know what to do. So in this case, they just maybe the mitochondria will just、uh, try to try their best to generate energy. But in this case, the ETC will have some leakage. So in this case, the RS will produce a lot, will be produced a lot. So this will further damage the mitochondria. It's not just because when you knock out his one alpha, or I think it's because the the metabolism, yeah. That was going to be our next part of discussion, actually. Yeah, these HIF one, the HIF one alpha, it it induces a glucose requirement in the cell since oxygen is not there and oxygen is required for mitochondrial respiration. But this microenvironment also lacks glucose, so as Doctor Yu said, these are these cells are confused. Well, they can't get like glucose, they can't get their mitochondria to function. How are they going to do anything? It's like trying to fight somebody while having your mouth and nose closed. <laughs> How long will you survive with that? <laughs> anyway, so to summarize this, we we just saw that TCR stimulation coordinates with both hypoxia and the tumor microenvironment to induce mitochondrial depolarization, and the lack of glucose in the TME may be further affecting the mitochondrial dysfunction. So now we're heading to the last part of the article, and so the the question he, here is: Can we reverse T cell exhaustion by restoring mitochondrial health and clearance? So we know that TCR, hypoxia, tumor microenvironment, everything is uh, somehow uh, changing these cells. But can we reverse this T cell exhaustion? So first,、uh, the authors found that the, the that the in vitro generated MDR MG low T cells were very similar to the exhausted T cells found in vivo, and this is quite really interesting in terms of epigenetic landscape as well. So they found really a, a good model for generating in vitro of the MDR MG low T cells, and they wonder if restoring mitophagy may help in、uh, in in the control of the terminal exhausted T cell. So. It is known that NAD or nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide can stimulate mitophagy in a in a variety of cells. So maybe supplementation with NAD precursor can be useful in this case. So the authors treated in vitro T cells cultured with NAM, 
uh, or nicotin nicotinamide and NR, which is nicotin nicotinamide ribosides, and found out that they were that there was a reduced accumulation of depolarized mitochondria and reduced levels of mitochondrial ROS in CD8 T cells. So some, some, somehow they were rescuing this uh, uh, mitochondrial function and uh, CD8 um, T cell function. Can I function. ask something here? Uh, doctor, you do you know what's the mechanism? How nicotinamide and nic nicotinamide riboside because, do it? Because I think NR, NR is the precursor of NAD because you cannot just eat NR because it's charged. So you cannot pass through the membrane, right? So you have to eat NR. I think NR is a, a common supplement you can buy in the pharmacy. Oh. It's quite common. Yeah, so people can just eat NR. Yeah, so uh, when you increase the NAD level, I think uh, the NAD is an important cofactor to another enzyme called SIR1 and SIR3, which can do uh, some post-translation modification on some target gene like change factor involved in the antioxidant response or in some uh, uh, mitophagy machinery. So when they increase the NAD, so the NAD is the important cofactor that can uh, uh, increase to trigger the enzyme activity of SIR1 and SIR3. Oh. Yeah. So that's a long link. It's not that simple. It's not that straightforward. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So before before we go go further, so I just want to mention that because I think it's quite important. Previously, we just found that the association between the dysfunctional mitochondria and the T-cell exhaustion. But we don't really know which one is the cause, which one is the consequence. Hmm. So in this case, we just want to artificially generate the dysfunctional mitochondria without touching any TCR signaling, hypoxia, or tumor condition factors. Yeah, so we, here we just use the compound, we just use the uncoupler to generate the uh, mitochondrial damage artificially. And with this artificial generate uh, low population, we still can see the same phenotype as we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so I think it's quite important. Then with this data, we can say that the dysfunctional mitochondria can drive T-cell exhaustion. Right. So just to end up uh, the figure, uh, so now they check all of this in vitro and now they're looking now, it's time to, to test in a tumor model. So the researchers administrated uh, nicotinamide riboside intratumorally and they found out a decrease in tumor volume, also a reduced percentage of MDRMG low TILs and reduce mitochondrial ROS. So uh, giving uh, nicotinamide intratumorally will uh, reshape the tumor microenvironment and, uh, and also affecting these T cells. So this is, means that uh, NR can maintain mitochondrial fitness, which translates to a better effective function in TILs. And here is really cool that the authors uh, give orally administrated NR and found out the anti-tumor response were better even and even synergized with anti-PDL1 blockade in a T-cell dependent manner. So this is really a cool, really cool and interesting data. So to summarize this, uh, reversal of mitochondrial dysfunctions uh, salvage the T-cells and leads to a better tumor clearance. If I was the author of this paper, uh, I would be partying every day until I passed out for the for two or three weeks. 
such a cool I know, story. I know, it's amazing. Mitochondrial damage, bad T cells, restore mitochondrial damage, good T cells. Very, very straightforward and also easy to digest yeah. story. I think you guys already discussed something, uh, I think, about mitochondrial activity in T in T cells before, right? Yes. I think in episode 12, right? You mentioned that maybe the uh, the memory T cell maybe engage more oxyphos and then they will have the fuse, mitochondrial phenotype, and uh, compared to the, whereas the effective T cell will have the feast phenotype, right. right? So actually, we we just w- want to know that whether mitochondria just serve as a single hub. They can just just transmit the signal and maybe to determine the cell type, to determine the cell differentiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it's the source of the signaling. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. We just we just guess. Yeah. In this case, so when we generate the dysfunctional mitochondria, at least will lead to exact T cells. Right. Yeah. So what we can do just to prevent prevent the accumulation of the dispolarized mitochondria here. So we also did something. If the cell already accumulated depolarized mitochondria and we just treat these cells with NR, we cannot restore their function. Oh. So we can only prevent, but cannot uh, restore hmm. the terminal exact T cell. So it all because of the epigenetic reprogramming, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe NR cannot do anything on the epigenetic regulation. They can just uh, work on the uh, mitochondria fitness. But once they already accumulate the dysfunctional mitochondria, the epigenetic already reprogrammed, then they can do nothing. Hmm. So if I see, yeah. if I think of it in the right way, if let's say somebody is in a terminal stage of cancer, they already have a lot of exhausted tills, it won't work. But if somebody is in an earlier stage, then maybe NR supplementation could be a real thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but NR is also important for the antioxidants. So maybe anti-aging, you can eat that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm gonna buy a pack of NR today. You can try. <laughs> Hope it tastes good. <laughs> Start your own clinical trial. Yeah, on myself <laughs> with one individual. Yeah, on yourself. <laughs> with... <laughs> so, uh, Doctor uh, G, I have a question. So, the treatment with us, uh, I, I, I totally get what you said here, but my question is: uh, in the tr- treatment with INR, will increase the numbers of MDR MG high? Yes. Will increase yeah, it. I think they just reduce the low population. Of course, you you will see more in the high population. Yes, and yeah, yeah. but but in this case, even in a, in in, in, in grappling to the last point, even in like an a terminal patient or with a, so I'm I'm wondering because of you have an increase of uh, MG high TLs which are the ones that respond to PD-1 blockades. That's why it actually works giving works giving uh, NR and PD-1. So yes, I'm, I'm you know, I was really curious about that. And the fact that this will also increase the, T- I, I guess it also increased the TCF7 expression, right? The NR. Uh, I didn't check if the NR can just directly increase TCF7 expression. I don't know. 
Yeah, you would have to take yeah, it in an indirect way that more MGR yeah. MD high. And probably, but you say the expression of the TCF1, right? So you have to think about the reg how TCF1 is regulated. So it's quite complicated. So so far, you can if you read a lot of paper talking about the TCF1 or TCF7, they use this as a marker of the uh, progenic exact T cell, right? Like, and this population is respond to well can respond to P1 blockade. So we we think that we 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 came that we said that the low population will be the terminal exact T cells, but we believe that the high MDMG high population is heterogeneous. Huh. There are so many different uh, hierarchy of the exact T cell inside. So of course maybe include some uh, exact T cells, partially exact T cell, progenic exact T cells. We don't know. Maybe hmm. yeah. So in this case maybe we can treat NR. And then maybe they can specifically increase the progenic exact T cell population. We don't know. Yeah, maybe we can check that. Yeah. Hmm. This is this is great. With that, we have we have looked at most of the paper, and let's come about the discussion part. Uh, Doctor, you, how do you think this will impact the future of the checkpoint blocker therapy? Yeah, as I mentioned, right. So if we can really increase the progenic exact T cell population. Of course, it will help with the the checkpoint bracket therapy. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially NR is quite easily get in the pharmacy. Yeah, doctor, I'm going to ask a very real, but you you may find it to be not real, but I think it's a real possibility. What if ten years later you get a Nobel Prize for this? What what will you say to your audience? <laughs> This part didn't write on the outline, so I didn't prepare this this part. <laughs> didn't prepare for this part. Well, <laughs> that's what most noble, most noble lawyers do. They get a call in the middle of the night. They think it's a prank call. <laughs> Actually, this question you should ask Pinchy Ho. I think he will be the one getting the pr- prize of this well, one. Hopefully, if they're <laughs> right? giving it to him, you you get it too with him because that this is a pretty cool paper for that. And it th- yeah. so we we have a very cool. A connection between mitochondrial dynamics and the T cell exhaustion, which has plagued cancer therapy for a very long time, and I hope this helps. This helps propagating the research more, and we can find more ways to make anti-checkpoint blocker therapies much better. Hmm. Uh, how can we summarize all of this? Well. Uh... We know that in TCR stimulation, a constant TCR stimulation will induce PDX, PD1 expression and plus hypoxia in the tumor microenvironment. This will lead to a defective metophagy on CD8 T cells, uh, which would lead to accumulation of damaged mitochondria, reduced effector functions, and finally an impaired tumor clearance. Also, uh, T cells can be uh, pre- we can prevent T cell exhaustion by treatment with nicotinamide ribocytes to regulate mitophagy. Thanks, Eugenio. That was a good summary. So, if somebody slept in the first eight weeks that we were discussing the article, they will find these two levels of summary very useful. Man, I, I have to say. I, I just love the storytelling in this paper. It was very straightforward. It was good to easy to connect between figures. Usually, I don't say that thing about oh, nature papers. They're really? Super confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> 
All right. Is there anything else, uh, guys? We want to discuss about no. this. Congratulations, no, thank you. Congratulations for the article. And yes, if you do get a Nobel Prize, remember I predicted it on this day. Yeah. <laughs> so I need yeah. my cut in that. December the 5th. I will tell everybody that. Yeah, like one percent of the money, <laughs> prize money, goes to yeah, <laughs> antibodies. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> Eugenio, maybe we should just predict this for everybody. <gasps> Somebody has got to get it, right? <laughs> but then, Doctor, you, it's really good work. I'm not muttering <laughs> you up. <laughs> okay. So with that, let's wrap up this discussion. It was very good having Doctor Yu in the in the discussion. We, I learned. I, I actually know more about this paper than I thought because I I felt like there were some things I wasn't clear about until Doctor Yu corrected me today. And Eugenia, hope you're also found it very cool yeah I, I, yeah okay so guys if you're listening to us do check us out on facebook we also have a bi-monthly journal club that we stream on youtube facebook and twitch and with that we will wrap up this ex- uh, episode thank you guys and see you all later bye bye